podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for Kingdom of the Giants.com. Today is Tuesday, the 12th of November 2019. My name's Davey McJimsey. Well, the people aren't happy. They have demanded roster changes, and we never shirk or shy away from what the people want here in the View from the Bridge. Changes have been made. Riding the pine tonight, as usual, host Paddy Smith. Join him, dusting the bench this week is the real deal, Joel Neal. Stepping up from a week on the short-term injured reserve is international ice hockey, Simon Kitchen. Kitchen, always good to have you along. Thanks for the big intro, David. Paddy, hit that music. Um, just the two of us this week, so this could be a little bit of a different format than, than what we're used to doing here. Just a bit of a back and forwards probably this week. Just situational. So, But before we start, I guess one piece of good news that has came out of the Belfast Giants camp this season, or this season, sorry, this week, is a new baby. The one Mr. Dustin Jonner. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to Dustin and, uh, and Amy and, you know, fantastic uh, that uh, you know, he, he certainly he's obviously retired now, and and uh, he's always concentrated on the family anyway. In fairness, kids were always around the rink when he got the chance in Belfast, and and uh, now there's a new one for him, and he's got these uh, all these invites for the testimonial games, you know. So always congratulations, man. Absolutely, we pass on my own congratulations to John, and it's it's lovely to see the little baby pictures on the on the internet. But uh, we move on. And uh, we have a quick look back, hopefully quite a quick look back, Simon. What wasn't a great weekend results-wise for the Belfast Giants? We'll come on the performances in a minute. I'll do what Paddy usually does here, and I'll, I'll quickly run through the game sheet. We'll do one game at a time rather than, than go through them both. We'll have a look at Saturday night, and then we'll go on the Sunday. But Saturday night didn't start great for the Belfast Giants. First period, 1-0 defeat, if you like. 1-0 in the first period. Goals from Brett Perlini for the Northern Panthers. Go in the second period. They've got another couple for, with goals from... Brett Bulmer and um, William Quist. Go on in the third period. The Belfast Giants managed to pull one back late with a, a kind of six-on-three, if you like. We're on a five-on-three power play. I think we pulled the goalie as well. You know, Patrick Mullen coming up with a goal to make it 3-1. But uh, the uh, Northern Panthers able to round it out with a fourth goal from Jacob, Jacob Hansen in uh, the 54th minute, sort of putting an absolute rubber stamp on uh, what was a pretty decent performance from the home side. Yeah, I thought the Panthers played very well, David. You know, I know they've been sort of ripped apart uh, online and, and beaten by their own uh, fans in the last uh, couple of months or so. But, you know, they've made a couple of changes. Um, I thought that the, the new guy, Talbot, came in. He was impressive. He, you know, he certainly knows who Lynette is. Hansen seems to be scoring goals for fun. He was in Coventry last year. And, and uh, yeah, I like the changes they made. And, you know, they, they get strong goaltending. Um, I, I genuinely thought they played very well on Saturday night. The one thing I would say from our side of things is the effort um, and obviously the, the end product wasn't good enough. Uh, I thought that we, uh, we we didn't get Lynette. I thought we made it easy for for uh, Kevin Carr. Um, you know, he he faced, how many shots did he say was 30 or something, Pat? Or 20, 20, 26 shots on Carr, one goal against, obviously, with the, the empty net, or not the empty net, or with the, the, the five on three power play. Yeah, you, you usually, you know, come up with, you know, many shots we have 
26. I think that's probably our lowest of the season would be. But I mean, domestically, certainly. Um, so, you know, it's it's, it's disappointing. Um, you come off the back, uh, you know, going into Nottingham on, on some good form. And, uh, and obviously, you know, we've been buoyant by uh, the newcomer, Ryan Lowney, this week. Sometimes, you know, six games in a row, you're winning. And, and then obviously, who, you know, we're trying to improve this, the squad and, and, you know, the power play, the special team with the extra man hasn't been great. And, and he sort of specialises in that side of things. Um, you know, he I thought he played very He's not a, he's not the biggest guy on the planet. Um, Patrick Franco was pretty happy to see somebody about the same size as him join the lineup, and and uh, I know I thought he played very very well. But you know, again, you're always looking for positives to take into the next day. And um, and the big thing about Saturday night, Davy, was you know you don't have to wait that long again. You're playing in the same building. You don't have any travel, um, and you had to really put the foot down and hopefully come out with a bit of. Uh, you know, a bit of gusto the next day to a certain extent. What did you? What's your view on the let's, game? Well, well, I'm going to throw something else at you. Let's let's talk about the the, the Nottingham Panthers as opposed to the Belfast Giants, if you like. A little bit, little bit of both. I throw some stats that into the mix here. You know, we're talking about shots. You know, Kevin Carr saved 26 something like that shots. We had another 30 odd shots on it. You know, the, the Nottingham Panthers blocked 29 shots on the Saturday night. There was big commitment levels from them. We were again. Those number of weeks ago, before we, I think we went on a six-game winning streak before that, and we, we have struggled away from home this season, and we've been held quite perimeter, and we've talked about it on various podcasts about teams keeping the us, either keeping us to the outside, and it's a question that we'll ask Bobby Farnham later on, get a get a current players view, but we'll get your view as, as someone that played the game as well. You know that um, is it just that teams are trapping us that line and, and keeping us perimeter? Is there an unwillingness to go in that blue team? Because we look at, I look at our shot charts here and from the first period, like there's one shot inside any sort of slot. Everything's from either above or outside the circles. Patrick Ronka gets one shot in the first period of the game. Like I think that game on Saturday night might've been six or seven minutes in before we had one shot. Like they swarmed us for the first three, four, five shifts. We couldn't get off the ice, you know, they really pinned us in. But whenever we managed to get possession of any sort, it was disruptive possession. It wasn't good, clean. We weren't getting it back to the point for good, clean shots. They they blocked lanes, as I've said, you know, they the threw their body in front of 29 shots. Stopped the puck getting through the car, had that commitment. So, you know, from a playing point of view, how do you go about breaking that down? Got to work harder. Um, again, I don't think Adam was happy with the effort on Saturday night. I'm pretty sure, you know, from from what we know about Adam Keith, as let the boys know about that. Um, you know, when you've when you've got two extra guys in the fairly fit squad to choose from, and, and obviously leaving out uh, Liam Reddix and, and uh, Jesse Forsberg. You know, Reddix has a lot of experience. Um, I'm sure he. I, mean, I, I know that he was very disappointed about being left out. Mm. Um, you know, and and these things that you know again sometimes when you're on really good form and you bring a change in, it can disrupt you. Um, and it sort of did look like that that was the case for for a bit of the game. And you know, obviously, you know, guy was moved up front um, uh, where he's been. You know, we get we know exactly what you get from Gary Mark Garside. And uh, I mean, you you talk about it all the time. And you know, two time rookie of the year, and and uh, he's just a solid, solid player. And, and again, I thought he was solid up front as well. But uh, you, you need to work. A lot of people talk about work. We've got to work smarter as well. You, you talk about shooting outside the circles there, Davey. 
you've got to get to the blue paint. You, you see how many goals we've scored for this season from getting into that slot. Um, we we didn't get there, and I think that is you know again from from our lack of of uh, intensity. I didn't I honestly didn't that up for that game on Saturday. Um, you know the Panthers is always a difficult place to go in. Um, you know, a difficult team to play against. We've known that over the years. Uh, but, you know, when you're coming in six games, you're really confident. I watched the training last week. The boys were well up for it. Friday was probably one of the most intense training sessions I've seen. Um, and then all of a sudden, Saturday didn't turn up. You know, says I, I'm, I, I'm wondering, is there an element of teams have, have worked out our style of play, the players that we have, their willingness to or not to go into that? And if they keep us outside we become a team that gets a little bit neutered. You know, I, I just looking at the heat map here and there's 10, 21, 29 shots from the point area, if you like, above the circles. And we've got four, seven, 10. Less than 30% of our shots are getting through to the goaltender. So, you know, that would say to me, we shouldn't be shooting from there or we need to do something different from there. Um, because statistically, and you know, I like the analytics side of the game. So if I'm analyzing and I'm just a, Joe Public in their bedroom that can analyze a heat map. You can be sure that coach and staff and players from other teams are looking at, at where we're not functioning from and making sure that when it comes to their game plans, that they're well set to try and replicate that. You know, like we know what we've got the Dundee Stars this week. We know what they do. They'll sit back and trap. They'll be opportunistic. They'll try and get, you know, they'll try and get the jump on us and, and, and get goals on the on the transition. They'll they'll try and they'll try and get one or two goals and, and then sit on it. You know, so they'll keep us to the outside. They've done that this season twice. They've they've had two victories against us. You know, so we've got to you know we've got to try and play that game plan. When I'm not sick, I know it's dead easy to say when you're on a six game winning streak, you just keep going back to the same well. But we played differently in those six games than perhaps we did in the previous six games. So I'm not just quite sure what happened. On, on Saturday night, you know, I do. I look at the heat map here, says, and I'll, I'll send you it afterwards just so you can you see it yourself. It's just everything. There's nothing in the house. There's nothing in the low slot. There's nothing even really mid or high slot. They've, 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 they've just completely kept us the outside. Their work rate was good. You know, I think that in terms of of a matchup player for player, we just on the night, we're, we were a wee bit, I said, I'd say to you, you know, looks like we're watching this game in slow motion here at times. It was just, there didn't seem to be the energy that we've had in the last two or three weekends. So, you know, but as you say, we moved on very quickly to Sunday. It's very good. We'll, we'll slot in Adam Keefe's thoughts just now after the game. Joining us on Panthers TV with Jeremiah's Chimney Systems is Belfast Giants head coach Adam Keefe. And Adam, you caught a frustrated figure tonight. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we, we watched that game tonight. Uh, we watched them forecheck us. We watched them go back and retrieve pucks, watch them beat us to pucks. Not good enough. I mean, and we got punished for it. And that, uh, you know, I thought we almost squeaked out of the first period there. I thought uh, Shane Owen played very well in the first period there, and then they got the one there, and they deserved it, in all fairness. Uh, Second period, couldn't really regain some composure and and get some shifts down low and uh, wear them down. Uh, We weren't willing to put pucks in behind them because that's, you know, that's hard work. And uh, tonight we we weren't willing to do that. Uh, We got a six on three goal, which, uh, I mean, you should get a six on three goal. So uh, aside from that, we were were shut up. um, And that's just not good enough uh, right now. I mean, so uh, the good news is we'll come back here tomorrow and we have to have an answer. 
And what kind of response are you expecting from your team in that game tomorrow? A big one, a big one. You know, we're a team with a few extra players right now, and uh, they certainly didn't play like it tonight. And then we we move on to Sunday's game, says, and as you said earlier, you know, you know, the great thing about hockey when you've had a a difficult night the night before is you get straight back to it and against the same team again. And I thought we played a little bit of a better game for sure, but unfortunately we came out on the on the wrong end of a 2 nothing defeat. Only the fourth time in Adam Keefe's tenure that we've been nilled, unfortunately. Um, goals from Mark Matheson and then the empty netter right at the end of the game from from Sam Hur. Um the the seal the seal the two nil victory. But you know, this was also bookmarked right at the very start of the game, Simon. I think it was only maybe second, third shift, Gilapine and the captain Matt Pellish throwing the gloves down. Yeah, there was an incident just before that. I mean the camera work from the uh from the the Panthers didn't catch it. Um, you know, with the, the guys coming together in the outside. I think they got the one in the in the NIC. But um the pain there was there was one of our guys went in to just Put the pressure on the pain. Um, the pain looked as if he put the leg out a bit. Um, you know, and and obviously, you know, you sort of just on the camera on the left hand side of the screen, you seen Pels happy with it with the play. He didn't hesitate to go around and, and uh, drop the gloves with him. You know, and uh, certainly you hear the the commentary on the. I think it's Dan Green getting over excited about uh, come on Tets and uh, Tetler. Or sorry, not Tets. We'll come back to that one. Come on that one. But um, you know, you, you talk about the. Um, obviously, Lapine's a big lad. He, you know, he, he team and um, or was a captain of that team. Sorry, Sam Harris this year. We're going to have a cracker here tonight, aren't we? Um, <laughs> but uh, obviously, our captain stands up for his teammates, and and uh, you know, it was a good scrap, nice couple of good punches in, um, and the, the big takedown punch from Pell Pelly. You know, he, he just caught him in the side of the head, and, and down he went. You know, so it, it's good to see a little bit of physicality. In the, um, you know, everybody loves the scrap, do we? And that was to set the kind of tone. That was uh, coming maybe a little bit from Lapine saying, you know, I know it's a new night and you're up for it, but, you know, you're in our barn. And, or, or it might have been Matt Pellick saying, you know, we're a different team from last night. And, and we talk about shots in the first game and we talk about opportunities and, and chances and all that we had. You know, in terms of shots, the Belfast Giants, 60 attempts on goal. Uh, again, a lot of blocked shots from the uh, Nottingham Panthers, only 30 getting through to Carr. Belfast Giants, on the other hand, limit the um, the Nottingham Panthers to only twenty shots at home. But unfortunately, you know that that early or with a goal that got about halfway through the game, you know, we were we were in the game the whole night. And I suppose from from Owen's point of view, from Shane Owen across the weekend, perhaps we'll, we'll maybe be critical of a couple that were let in on the Saturday night. But on Sunday, you know, he's given us a chance to win in the NIC. I thought away was excellent on Sunday night. Um, you know, I thought I actually thought it was a really good. I uh, enjoyed watching the game, and um, you know you get uh, the Panthers. You know they, they obviously had the confidence up from Saturday night. Very physical. Talk about Pellich and, and Lapine and there, Bobby Farr We're getting on shortly, uh, and uh, Josh Tetlow. And as I say, Dan Green was over excited about Tetlow. You know, he's, Bobby Farnham's given up at least a foot and probably at least a stone, maybe a stone and a half um, on now uh, Tetlow. And uh, Tetlow did get a few in, but Bobby, you know, got the takedown. He stood up well. He took the punches um, and took the big lad down. And and again, you know, for me, that's a good penalty for Nottingham to take. It's a good trade-off. Bobby, you know, we we know what he brings to the game. It's his physicality. He throws the body. Um, but when Bobby's sitting in the box for five minutes and, and Tetlow, a Brit defender, sitting in the box for ten, or sorry, for five minutes, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're taking a big part of our physicality out of that game. So... It was, well, here, it was, but this, 
would this be a good time just to bring Bobby Farnham in and ask him just all about this? Absolutely. Let's do it. This is Adam Keith, and you're listening to the best podcast in the Elite League, A View from the Bridge. And as I was saying, Simon, just about the 14-minute mark of the first period after Matt Pellich had had his little chat with Guy Ping, Bobby Farnham goes in and has a little chat. Who better to talk about it, says? Want to introduce him? Absolutely. Uh, the chance number 46. It's only Bobby Farnham! <laughs> Welcome along to View from the Bridge again, Bobby. It's great, great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mate, we were just talking there, as you say, we talked about the, the Saturday night game. We're on the Sunday. Matt Pellis has tried to set a bit of a tone with Guy Lapine there after yeah. sort of second, third shift. Same for yourself with Tetlow behind the net. Just talk us through what's happened there. Yeah, I think uh, Pelly did an awesome job, obviously, fighting. You know, after the game we had on, on Saturday night, it was great to, to see uh, your, your captain, your leader come out and do that. And I think the boys were kind of fired up. I know I was, and... Uh, you know, I just tried to um, stop in front of the net, and then I think it was just maybe a little shove, and then just said, "Do you want to? Do you want to fight?" And he said yes. So uh, it was a big boy, but it was it was fun to to mix one in again. Going to ask you like a bit of an analytical question, if you like. We've talked about the, the way this team has played over the last number of weeks, and we kind of went on a on a six game win streak where yeah. we we scored a lot of goals from in the house from the low slot mid slot and on Saturday and Sunday we were kept really perimeter like I've got the I've got the um the heat maps here of, of where the yeah. shots and stuff were coming in from and we just didn't either night really get inside is that is that you know credit to the opposition they blocked a lot of shots they blocked about 50 shots over the course of the weekend is that yeah. a lot of credit to the opposition or do we have to look at ourselves as well as, as not getting inside there? I think it's a combination of both. And I think you have to give credit to Nottingham for playing the way they played against us last week. And I thought they were a good team. I thought they were the best, you know, best team that we played in our league so far. And, and they were a lot different team um, from when we played them in Belfast, uh, you know, over a month ago. So uh, credit to them in that regard. But then you have to, you know, put some of the onus on your, on yourself as a team and look yourself in the mirror and, and understand what makes us good when we were scoring a lot of goals, how we were getting them. We were, you know, we were in front of the goalie um, and uh, we were, you know, banging home second rebounds, chances, but we were penetrating, you know, and I, I didn't think we penetrated enough this past weekend to be successful. Uh, the, the stats, the, the charts, that would uh, that would back that all up. What can we do? You know, we've outchanced them, if you like, almost two to one. We, we, we sort of threw the puck in the bin from Saturday night. It's it's done and dusted. Sunday was our focus. We went in there. OE gave us a chance to stay in the game. We only, you know, one goal, yeah. empty netter. Don't really count, you know. As far as it goes, you know, with 60 shots on, off, blocked, whatever, you know, we should really be converting there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think... Uh... You know that it can be somewhat of a mentality. It can be, but you know, sometimes, sometimes you get a hot goalie, and sometimes, um, you, you know, it just the puck isn't going in. You know, and it, it's happened to us, you know, um, a couple times this year. But it, I, I have a lot of confidence, obviously, in this team, and you know, getting those bounces and being able to generate a lot of offense um, throughout. So I just think, I just think it's something that you can't get. You, it's hard to overanalyze it. Um, 
because it was, you know, it was just a, a weekend kind of thing. So I just think you, you just want to start some practice. First of all, you try to score goals in practice and then that'll translate to games and then, and then go from there. Bobby, coming out of, of North America, uh, what's been the biggest uh, transition that you've had? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot different. I mean, you could say the, I mean, I know our league kind of has all different sizes of, of arenas, right? So it, it's not, but the bigger ice is a transition and playing a different game. I also think the mentality is different, you know, like um, for pretty much predominantly for seven years, you're playing a very specific role in North America where you're playing this fourth line energy agitator, you know, penalty killer type of type of role. And you want to bring that same um, style over here. But at the same time, you're also you have to have a new mindset as well as that you're probably playing about seven, eight more minutes than you were, um, you know, for a lot of your career in North America. And you're probably um, still relied on to produce and be productive over here. And that's something that is from a mentality standpoint is a little bit different. You know, you got to find your way because over there for so long, you're just so focused in, in uh, doing your job, like production would come when it came, but over here you want it, you want to produce and you have to produce and you have to produce throughout your whole lineup. So it's a, it's a change in mentality, but, just getting acclimated overall to being overseas and living in a new country and all that. Like that was an adjustment, but finally feel very settled in and, and um, it feels good. And I know you had your dad over um, a couple of weeks ago. How did he? Yeah, he, he loves it. He's come over a couple of times already. He's already planning the next trip. So the boys have been having a good time <laughs> on uh, when he comes over. Uh, moving into um, elite league action, uh, and you know, I think everybody's going to remember you're probably one of your first shifts uh, when that guy from uh, uh, the Czech Republic just did not see you coming. Um, but we, we all know that your games, a big part of your games, the physicality. Um, yeah. And I don't, I'm not going to put you in the spot for the views or the officials. I can certainly dig in with the officials and views, and everybody knows about our view on that. But are you enjoying the physicality? Uh, yeah, um, the younger part, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, um, I, I'm enjoying the, the physicality, and and it's it's still a pretty North American style. Like I said, the rink's a little bit bigger. You need to, it's you can't always finish, you know. And everyone's so uh, um, moves so well on this big ice as well. Like in particular, D men, so you can't really afford to go out of position to make a hit all the time and miss a guy, and then. Ha- um, you know, have them beat you up the ice, but I am enjoying the physicality. I think we have a physical team. I think throughout our lineup, we're a very hard team to play against, and I think that's going to be a big um, sticking point and a big MO of ours throughout this season if we can bring that physicality and that grit and that little, the sandpaper, you know, with the little, you know, agitation style. I think that, I think that'll be, you know, a good, a good point for us, you know, to have throughout the year. Bobby, um, we've talked on on numerous podcasts over over a number of years, but it becomes more and more prevalent at the minute. Obviously, the game as a whole it, it drips down from the NHL down. Um, you know, the, the the move away from hits the head, fighting, and yeah. all that is 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 coming less and less in the game. And and from your own rule, how tricky is it? Um, to, to cross that line between you want to be more physical or you might want to, to spark something or have a fight, but you've got it in the back of your head that 
more than half the time, statistically way more than half the time in this league now, you're going to get two plus five plus ten more than likely. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's. I know, because uh, we were talking with Pelly with that the other night, just taking off your helmet and then you lose him for 17 minutes, you know? Um you know, it's it's like it's it's kind of one of those things throughout your career. You're always trying to toe that line of physicality and what you do, but you don't want to sit in the box, and you can't really afford to. You know, like sit in the box. You need to be deep in this league, and I think our depth is great. Um, so you don't really want to have a guy sitting in the box for that long. So it is it is something that um, you have to be cognizant of and and aware of, but. It's something you don't want to cross the line all the time, but there is a time and a place, like I said, for a fight or for a big hit or for a big spark, you know, and, and you can kind of sense that and feel that within games too. It still exists, even though the game is moving away from, you know, from a little bit more of that old school style. Listen, we, we only put on Twitter there about nine o'clock that Bobby Farnham was coming on um, the TFA tonight and we've been absolutely inundated that my phone has just lit up here with questions for you. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll move over to Twitter here for a, for a couple of couple sure. of questions for you. Um, yeah. One from Donna Mooney. Um, Donna says, what's been your highlight so, so far playing for Belfast? Um, I, I would say, I would say like that, that first, that first weekend so far has, was uh pretty cool in the champions league augsburg brought those people over yeah we're playing in czech republic the season the the season was starting i thought that first weekend was like such a good splash like into belfast like it was great you know the fans were great the arenas packed and it was loud and i thought that was really cool and i'm just looking forward to some of those big games um down the stretch in our league as well you know whether it's challenge cup or you know in the league but i'm i'm looking forward to you know the atmosphere is always great, but I'm looking forward to that little that little extra again down the stretch too. Here's a question and an offer of sorts. It's from Paul McGrillen. Um, okay. What's your favorite Sunday dinner? And if you want, you can call up the R's. I'll cook. I live close by you. A bit scary, but <laughs> that you know. sounds like a bit of a stalker. <laughs> so, what's, favorite what's Sunday it? dinner, and, and do you want to go? Favorite Sunday dinner? Do you want to go? <laughs> Um, like to eat out or just to, or to cook in anything. What if you could have something on Sunday for your dinner and you weren't playing a game, what would you have? Wasn't playing a game. I would go, I would go with, uh, Hmm. That's a good question. I'd say Sunday dinner. I'd get to go with this, a, a nice steak and I, and, uh, I, I'd say a nice steak. Yeah. Maybe just a, a, a meat and potatoes meal, a glass of red wine, something. So I would say, I would say my favorite steak so far in Belfast to eat out was sticks and stones. I like that the sizzle plate over there, and and that was that'd probably be my spot. And in terms of the uh, uh, the invite, yeah, I, yeah, I'll go to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thomas Brownlee's asked this: Have you picked up any local slang? Oh. <laughs> The the women? No, 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 no! <laughs> oh God, no! We're opening up a whole new can of worms here. No, have you have you picked up any local slang? What kind of podcast you guys running over here? Oh, but you'd be surprised some weeks. No, what what it means is what it means is um, have you picked up any local sayings? Any local chirping to a certain extent? Like what's the crack? Yeah, what's the crack? That's the that's the com- common one. In, uh... <laughs> 
um, like, Hey, yeah, uh, just saying uh, hi. Yeah. Uh, things like that. It's, it's great to listen to. And I think when I'm trying to hear the accent, I, I feel like I get it back on the other side of it too. Like some things that I say I can tell are not like, you don't say that over here. I say, what's up. And somebody will say good, you know, like it's just not a common phrase. So we missed the, we missed the point on that, but I'm still learning a lot. And after your, uh, uh, your your debut on the piano when uh, Shane on Instagram last week. Um, what's your your favorite song to play on the piano, and what kind of music are you into? I'm kind of into to to everything. I, I always say I say I like good music, so I'm definitely not like more of a, as much of a hip hoppy guy. But like before the games, I do like some of the like Kygo and Avicii stuff, but then I like, I like a lot of classical tunes too. Like I like playing uh let it, let it be by the <laughs> Beatles on the piano. That might be my favorite one to play or, um, let me, let me see what else, what else can I play? And then that song shallow that I was playing in that and what, uh, the scientist by Coldplay. Um, uh, but we're going to have, you do realize that you know Mark Garside had a did do gigs and stuff like that a few years ago. Yeah, well, I'm not I'm not as good as Gary is yet. I just started taking lessons like a, a year and a half ago. So and now I'm a little bit more self taught. So I've got a long way to go before I'm thinking about doing any gigs in in the Cathedral Quarter. Well, I know that I know that Gary's looking at the the boys to get up on stage yeah. uh, at, yeah. at his testimonial dinner. So, well, you've got another couple of months to practice there. But we'll um, we'll go back to Twitter here. Rory Rorzo ninety three has asked, "You've got yourself into a bit of a situation, bit of a bar fight in Belfast. Which former teammate, past or present, would you want to be digging in with you?" <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll say presently. I'll I'll give it to Matt Pellich. I'll take, <laughs> yeah, I'll take the I'll take the big ball guy on my side, um, and then in the past, that's a that'll be a toss up between Pierre Luc Letourneau LeBlanc and Steve McIntyre. I would take those two guys. There's, two, there's definitely two two big boys. Yeah, uh, Bobby, I want to ask you about um, your yourself and and playing in the NHL. Um, yeah. You know. You get the opportunity, you get called up. Um, who makes a call to you, um, and who's the first person you called about it? Um, I I got called up after a game uh, in my in my third season, and we played Bridgeport at home, and they called me and uh, Brian Brian Rust as well. We got called up together for a game in Columbus, and there was I think Billy Garen and Jason Botterill were were at the game, and they called us both in. And called us both at the, um, uh, in at the same time, and then I just called my I called my dad uh, right away, and then I was on a flight early, and I think I had an early car service to Philly, and then flew out to Columbus, but I didn't sleep a, a wink for probably forty eight hours after that. Um, we played back to back games, so I didn't I didn't sleep at all, at all for two days. It was that exciting and it was uh, an adrenaline adrenaline rush like that you really that's really hard to describe 
I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sorry, says I just follow that up before you go there. I'm sure you had that same adrenaline rush when um, Steve Thornton and Adam Keith called you this summer. Who did you yes. phone whenever you signed a contract in Belfast? Was it your yeah. dad again? Yeah, it's always it's usually my it's usually my dad and my dad. parents yeah. have been always you know through everything they've watched so many games they've listened to so many ups and down conversations you know throughout your career but my dad's always usually he's he usually gets the first the first hockey call you know <laughs> and if I want to feel good about myself then I'll call my mom but you know for, my, for the most part. It, it's my dad, but yeah, I did. I, I did. I was I just kind of talked uh, talked it through with with him uh, this summer when Steve and, and Kiefer were calling me as well, and and I was I was very excited to have the opportunity to come over here, and this and it has not disappointed at all. It's been an incredible city. Uh, I, I can't I can't leave it without asking about play with one of the best players in the world, um, in uh, Sydney Crosby. You know, you play with Crosby, you play with. Chris Letang, you play with Evgeny Malkin. Yeah. Um, you, you've got all these guys, uh, and uh, Arc Andre Fleury as well. I think was there at the time. Yes. Um, you know what? What's it like? What's the the intensity like in practice? What's it like to, to be out there with those guys? It's incredible. I mean, I'll say that. I'll say that the Pittsburgh organization, first and foremost, is is as top notch as you would think it is. Um, from the minor leagues right through the way they treat you, they treat their players. But like when you walk in to training camp in Pittsburgh and you see those guys, it's just like instantly, it's just like, this is a winning organization. This is a winning team. And then you watch how they compete. Like all those guys you mentioned, you watch those guys in practice and Sid in particular, um, how they compete and how they play every day. It was, was like the best learning experience you could ever could ever have you know when you're a little bit younger in your career just to be on the ice with those guys to watch the best player in the world work the way he does um was it was it was incredible it was awesome when we have hockey guys on and they talk about their careers and and growing up and and you know you've referenced your mom and dad there yeah how important what were they to your career your mom dad perhaps grandparents and how you hear about it all the time they are the most, and, and I try to do it for my kids, never miss yeah. a game and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. How important was it, and probably still is, that your dad got the games, took you to games, took got up early, took you to practice? You, would you have been a hockey player without those guys? No, I mean, I, I mean, absolutely. I, I don't know what would have happened, but I'll tell you one thing. is like your parents, obviously, first and foremost, the most important, but then it trickles out to the rest of your family, you know, like your sisters, your your cousins, your aunts, uncles, it's, it's incredible to see, um, you know, when you make, you know, professional hockey too, and you look and like now, like that I'm later on in my career now, and you can really look back and think about all these people. It's like, I mean, not only are you here because of all of them, but at the same time, it was all worth it because they were able to watch you and they caught so much joy out of your success as well. And I can't, I, like, that's the one thing when I retire is what I think about most is just how many people have been so supportive of me and showed up at, you know, showed up at games. Like, those are my favorite moments. Like, I won't even remember the game sometimes because I'll just remember that, like, oh, my, my cousin, my buddy, my dad, my mom were at this in particular game, you know. So that's what really makes it all worthwhile. Bob, I, listen, I, I, you know, I, I think it's been one of the best. Um we always finish with a wee quick fire question. 
The question's written by my daughter, Jasmine. Um, okay. So uh, they, these ones, believe it or not, normally she comes up with some crackers, but these are all based on hockey. Um, so she took a bit of time earlier. And uh, it's just first thing comes into your mind, and, and we'll, we'll see where we get through, okay? All right. Your earliest memory of hockey? Learn to skate. Three years old at Brooks Brooks School, right down the road, and I and I could uh, I tried to stay out there for the full fifty minute ice session, and I could never I could never make it. And I just I have this vivid memory of being three years old and my dad just uh, undoing my skates, my little my little tackless <laughs> tack skates at that point. Brilliant. Um, your first hockey team. First hockey team would have been. I was playing for, so it would have been around the same time. First, like, legit travel team was my hometown in North Andover. And then I also played for the Valley Junior Warriors um, simultaneously there. And that was kind of like the select team. Who's your favorite NHL team? I was As a, I, as a, as a kid. Uh, of course, I'm Boston through and through with all my sports teams. So it was it was for sure the Bruins. Best hockey player ever played with? Uh, uh, Crosby, best hockey player ever played against. Oh, that's a tough one, I guess. I got to branch out on this one. So, who's? Who Do you want to come back to that one and let you think about it? Okay. Okay. Uh, who's been your hardest opponent? Hardest opponent. Jeez, had some. <laughs> Some battles that you know, I, I used to battle uh, this guy, uh, Steve Alexi, in the minors, and we fought a few times. And and uh, I don't know, he always kind of pops into my head like over the years, probably played him about 20 times. The, this, these ones are all based on the Giants. Who's the funniest guy in the room? <laughs> That's like. That might be the hardest question you asked all day. We have some personalities on this team, but I'm going to give it to the guy who uh, makes me shake my head, but also how laughing on a consistent basis is Jesse Forsberg. Most stylish teammate, and I know it can't be Jesse. Stylish. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the Sasky boy on the, on the style, I'll tell you that. Uh, most stylish. I will give it... <laughs> After the turtleneck Longer was wearing the other night, I don't think I can give it to him anymore, but maybe I'll give it to uh, Sh- Shane Owen because he wears the he wears the couple cool hats. Who's likely to forget their passport in a CHL game? <laughs> <laughs> Me. Oh, okay. Oh, Murphy. Oh, Murph. That's, that, you'll love that story. I said, Murph, where are you going? He goes, Belfast. I was like, Aren't we going to Lulia? I I know I know I was told it was funny, and the last one and this is because you took a pick. Where's your favorite yeah. rink? Where's your favorite rink to play in? Oh, I I think uh, I think Montreal's the best. You took a pick out of me last week after I said. Didn't. What's that? Remember you took the pick out of me last week at the ice bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Donald Ice Bowl is my second favorite rink to play. In. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's the Bobby. You've been a great guest, and uh, the best of luck this weekend. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Right, so, so we'll, we'll move on, and, and before we, we look forward to around the league and stuff, you were nice to get down to training as normal this morning, and you got to chat to a couple of boys. 
Yeah, I had a chat with uh, a couple of lads this morning. This and Ryan Lowney was one of them, Curtis Leonard. And then we had a good, really good chat with Jeff Mason. Um, you know, Adam was, was there, but uh, it seemed Jeff Mason sort of hanging about a bit more. The chat with Mason, so uh, hopefully enjoy the interviews. Joined by Ryan Lowney, uh, Tuesday morning after practice. Ryan, um, your first experience of the IHL at the weekend. And uh, unfortunately, two losses against the Nottingham Panthers. But what's your thoughts on the, on the, the standard of the league and uh, obviously how the guys play at the weekend? Uh, super competitive league. Guys work hard here. And uh, you can really noticeable right off the first uh, game. Nottingham's a good team. Uh, they came out hard. Uh, like I said, it's a very pretty competitive league. So uh, it, was, it was hard all around. Last week, uh, you got a food week of practice in with the boys. Um, uh, obviously, you know it's early days for yourself in Belfast, but uh, what's your your thoughts on how your your teammates are coming along with you as well? Oh, they've been great. Like I said, uh, they, they've been awesome. They've been really helpful, you know, with my transition here and everything. Um, they've been you know nice to me, acclimated me pretty well. So uh, they've been great. Nothing, nothing else to say. Looking forward to this weekend. Uh, you're standing at the SSE Arena at the minute. Um, you've got the uh, opportunity of to play at Dundee Stars. Um, the tough team to play against again. Uh, they've had success against us this year. Um, but uh, you looking forward to the game? Yeah, absolutely. You know, first home game is going to be always pretty exciting. Uh, you know, great rink here, I heard, and everything. So uh, I'm excited to get going and uh, hopefully get a win this weekend. Curtis Leonard, uh, Tuesday after practice. Um, boys getting to just uh, get the legs moving after a uh, weekend against the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, you know, you've had success in that building last year. Uh, must have felt tough coming out there with no points this weekend. Yeah, obviously it's frustrating. Uh, you never want to come out of uh, lose any game, but when you lose back-to-back, it's uh, especially when you're on a roll, it's not, it's not, a, um, it's not the best. Saturday's game uh, against the Panthers, kind of tough. Uh, Saturday's game against the Panthers, um, I think it's fair to say the boys, um, you know, were disappointed with the result, but uh, they put up a better performance on Sunday. Um, although uh, again, they're not coming up with any of the points is uh, is disappointing. But moving on to this weekend, Dundee Stars, uh, always a tough team to play against, especially uh, when they put uh, five men behind the puck. Yeah, they're uh, they're a frustrating team to play against. Sometimes they they sit back in that trap and they're disciplined with how they play, but uh, they're opportunistic. They 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 wait for you to make mistakes and and, and then they try and capitalize. So um, if you manage the puck well through the neutral zone, uh, enter in there and uh, and take care of care of the puck, we're going to have success. Ryan Liney, ex-teammate of yours in Fort Wayne, uh, comes in, slots in uh, alongside you in the, in the first game. Um, how do you think he, uh, he stood up the EIHL competition? Yeah, no, I think Lowndes looked good. He's uh, he's a small puck moving defenseman, but you saw he was uh, he was jumping in the rush. He comes up the weak side, he attacks, uh, gives a four-man attack off the rush, and um, I thought he looked good. He, he competed hard. And, um, he, he made smart plays when he had to, and um, unfortunately he didn't get the taste of winning yet here, but uh, it'll come here soon enough. Jeff Mason, uh, Tuesday morning after practice, uh, disappointing weekend against the Nottingham Panthers. Um, you know, I think the Panthers come into the, the game on a, on, a, on a good bit of form, but uh, they got really strong goaltending, and uh, unfortunately, we, we come away with no points. Yeah, you know, Saturday night, obviously, not the not the effort that we were hoping for. Uh, I give Nottingham credit; they played a really good game on Saturday night. Um, I think they're an improved team. I think the changes that they've made have really uh, helped solidify their their lineup and. Uh, I think they're a much better team than than uh, you know eighth place or whatever it is they're sitting in. Uh, we weren't really happy with our with our performance or our effort. Um, again, Sunday, uh, much better effort. Uh, I thought we carried a good chunk of the play, um, but again, didn't get the result uh, that we wanted. Uh, tough building to go into and take points. Uh, that said, we expected to to come out of that 
building or out of that uh, weekend with points. So, um, you know, we couldn't we, – we were much improved on Sunday, but we couldn't find a way to, to create some offense, uh, which is something that we've got to continually strive to do and, and find ways to, to get pucks to the net, get traffic. And I thought their goalie had a really good weekend, but I thought a lot of times we let them – you know, we let them see pucks and we let them settle in. Uh, and once you let a goalie do that, it's tough to get pucks behind them. Uh, when you look at the, um, the the games at the weekend, as I say, the, the Nottingham Panthers, the, the, the team that they put out this weekend with those changes um, and the chance 3-0 victory against them in September, it was like chalk and cheese. Yeah, you know, it. Uh, I thought we played a really good game against them here at home the first time around and, um, you know, expected that we would, would hopefully be able to go in and do that to them in their building. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't the case. Um, but like I said, we, we were we were pleased with the effort uh, on Sunday, not the result. Um, and, and we've just got to find ways to, uh, in some of those games, we got to find ways to, to create some offense. And, uh, you know, Nottingham is going to be a tough team that, you know, you don't want to be chasing the game against them. Um, so we got to find ways to, to get a lead early in that game um, and, and go from there. We brought a newcomer in ourselves last week, Ryan Lowney. Um, obviously, with the, the being a tough uh, weekend for for the team, um, how do you think he settled in? Uh, I thought he was a bright spot on the weekend. Uh, we were happy with how he played. Uh, I thought he made some good decisions with the puck, distributed the puck well. Uh, you know, was solid defensively. Uh, I thought he added a little spark to our power play. Um, you know, and hopefully, good things going forward from him. Healthy scratches um, must be a really, really tough decision to make, especially when you've got a full roster um, as the coaching staff um, together. Um, missing Reddix on Saturday, bringing him back into the lineup. Um, obviously, Forsberg's been out for a couple of games now. But um, how do the players take that? Um, you know, how would you expect them to take that as well? Well, it's not easy for anyone. It's not easy, um, you know, for coaches making those decisions on who's going to come out. It's not easy for the players that go out. The hope is that uh, you know. Uh, the hope is that that person, when they come out of the lineup, they they watch the game. Uh, sometimes, sometimes when you're sitting out, you get a good understanding of the game and how things are going, and you hope that they're ready to come back in and, and contribute and and see ways that maybe they could they could help contribute more. Um, and so, you know, it's not it's not easy, but it's part of the game at, at every level that. Uh, you know, and and sometimes there's different reasons for for some of the uh, the lineups on certain nights or, or coaches' decisions, and um, you know we're just trying to, uh, as a coaching staff, we're trying to to come up with ways and try to give us ourselves the best chance to win on any given night. And um, you know sometimes uh, doesn't mean the same guys will be out all the time or, or anything like that. It's just uh, like I said, there's a lot of different factors that go into it, and. Um, you know the the lineup was what it was on Saturday, and uh, we tried we tried changing it around a bit on Sunday, and uh, you know, fortunately we still still weren't able to get the points, but uh, you know we're going to continue to to evaluate and and you know going into this weekend and every weekend after try to try to make this decisions that we think best give us a chance to win on any given night. You spent uh, eight, nine years in the league playing. Um, your first year behind the bench. Uh, the, the standard of this league now is, uh, is, is certainly, with the respect, a hell of a lot better than what it was when you first came into it. It really is. I, I mean, I think the difference is when I first came into this league, top four or five teams were really good. Um, and then the bottom teams were, were not very good at all. And there was, you know, the first few years there was, there was you know, kind of, you know, 
kind of gimme games or games that you knew you absolutely could not lose or your season was over. Um, it's not that case anymore. And each year on year, it gets more competitive. And uh, look, I think it's th- this year, I think anyone can beat anyone on any given night. So I think that, uh, you know, there will be the, the team that wins the league will probably have more losses because the league is so balanced. Um, so the, the standard is uh, the standard is very good. I think that this league doesn't get credit. Uh, people don't rate this league enough uh, from the outside, whether that be you know other teams or coaches or whatever, or even players. A lot of players come in and think they're going to tear this league up, and and it's not. You know, this isn't a men's league. This is this is a a very competitive league now, top to bottom, with some very good players. And let's let's move on, Simon. Let's have a quick look around the league now. I don't know how. You know, I think you're a bit like me at times. You're not really that bothered about what's going on in the league, certainly at this stage of the season because it's still quite early. But one big thing, the uh, a, a couple of player moves in, Puskaric out at the Storm and Henrik Samuelsson in. That's quite a pickup for them, first-round draft pick. Yeah, um, I've seen that today. I'm actually being out. I mean, Puskaric played here in the NCAA for uh, Vermont a few years ago and, and uh, yeah, a really good player, but... It, uh, I think it's probably from the way guys are talking about this kid Samuelson. Um, you know, it's, it's hopefully, well, not hopefully at all, a good move for Manchester. But you know, it's, if he comes from certainly very good pedigree, his dad uh, won the the Stanley Cup a couple of times, I believe, um, and uh, you know, played by a lot of NHL teams. So he's he's certainly been around uh, good hockey players all his life, and uh, we'll wait and see what comes off the storm. I don't think we face him until. It's in early January, early February now. Before they play four times this season, so you know it's going to be a while before we see them again. And obviously, a little bit of a change as well at, at Cardiff. Player moving out and Morrison coming in. I, I I didn't see the the guy Morrison, the Finnish fellow leaving. Um, and I'm being a bit surprised at that because he looked as if he was a player. Um, but you said it already at the start of the second segment, David. I really guess. Yeah, well, that's that's, that's fair enough. Um, let me just have a wee quick look here. Samson, any other GB under twenty call ups? And obviously, our own Caitlin Morrison was involved with the the GB underage ladies there coming up with the, that home nations triumph there over the weekend. That's a big hero. Um, her dad's a big hero of yours, mate. You're probably yes, yep. you want you should throw in your thoughts about that. But fantastic, I mean, great to get getting a goal and and and, uh, and obviously you know Rev and um, and uh, Yvonne heading over to to take her over and support her as well. Obviously, they're retired now, so plenty of time on their hands. But I know I know Caitlin's mum and dad really appreciate the time and effort that uh, that uh, Rev and, and uh, Yvonne put into it as well. But, you know, you, you, you've already said it. You know, David, Mo Morrison's big, big hero of yours, David. But we, we, we talked just, just, what, two, five minutes ago to Bobby Farnham there, and we were talking about parents and grandparents and, you know, obviously Mark playing for the Giants and, and coming up through different different teams that you probably played for yourself and leagues and, and how he probably grew up the hard way, having to go across to Scotland, much like yourself, you know, for those games and a bit like the SNL teams doing at the minute. You know, Caitlin had that to look up with. She was always around the rink. Her mum played the game. Her mum was, you know, the family is steeped in it. And it's fantastic that, you know, Rev and Yvonne are, are able to go and experience all those things with her, but be their grandparents, be the family, be the blanket around her when she needs it. But they look like they had an absolute bond. And that Team GB ladies team's doing really well. It's growing up together so that that can only bode well 
for the senior team, you know, going down the line. A lot of those girls are going to go on to, you know, senior representation. But, you know, absolute credit to them. And around the league, Simon, we'll have a quick look at the standings. Let's see if I click this button, what happens. Right, Glasgow Clan, top of the pile, 19 points from 14 games. Second, Sheffield Steelers, just a point further back, but with a couple of games more played. Then comes Belfast Giants, one game in hand. So the Belfast Giants, it's, it's the old adage, you know, games in hand, point in the bag, whatever. But the Giants won that game in hand. They would actually go top of the pile at the minute. And then a further two points back with another game in hand, obviously being the Cardiff Devils on 16. So it's all tight, tight around the top. You know, there is from, you know, from eight, because I, I can't scroll down any further than that, I can't. From uh, eight to first, there's only, you know, six points separating them. So the, the league is pretty tight as the games start to, you know, get the most teams playing the same amount of games. And of course, Nottingham Panthers going into European action. I think it's this coming weekend. Yeah, look, again, Davey, it's, it's, it's certainly... Um, you know, there's a long, long way to go, but uh, this this thing's going to be the tightest yet. Um, you know, as a, as a, you know, a ten group, if you know what I mean. Not so much the top where the Giants and Cardiff last year and uh, Cardiff, um, you know, took their foot off the pedal against Coventry and, and we won. But uh, you know, I, I I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing the parity throughout the league and the players that are being brought in. Yeah, uh, you know, and the, the uh, people talk about budgets and 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 you know what sort of money people are what teams are spending. It's, there's a lot of money being spent in this league and, and I don't think it's finished yet. I think that the other teams are going to try and make changes. In Sheffield, they're, you know, they're they're always itchy to try and bring new guys in. They've started the league well. Um, they're scoring a lot of goals, but there's a long, long, long way in this season. It's the 12th of November, Simon, and the Challenge Cup group stage is finally almost over. The uh, Belfast Giants group obviously contain the Dundee Stars and the Glasgow Clan who are going to match up against each other. In the quarterfinals, the Belfast Giants, unknown yet. The Guilford Flames, the Cardiff Devils, Sheffield Steers and Nottingham Panthers all through. And there's another game. A play in the Coventry plays take on the Manchester Storm. So after eight games each, they've still got another game to stay in the competition. So we'll just keep an eye on that. There's not really much point in talking about it anymore. Well, there is because it's a bloody shambles. Yeah, anyway, right, we'll move on and have a real quick look at this weekend because this is the part of the show that I detest for trying to predict games, what's going to happen. But this well, weekend, I'm going to turn it I'm going to turn it on. Yeah, I don't, you're always trying to wiggle out. Let's tell we, we, We've still got to talk about it, so I'll come to you first, Simon. No, we'll I'm first going to ask you. I'll move back up here a minute. David, we'll, we'll, start, we'll start off the weekend <laughs> against Dundee. Uh, you know, Dundee at home. And then, um, I know you're, you're a big mate in uh, Dundee, Omar Pacha. Uh, has uh, has been having a chat with uh, with Joel Neal, uh, but first of all, I want to hear from what your view is on it. I know you're always trying to regulate out this one, but uh, don't you've got the stats, you know uh, ins and outs of, of the way uh, Dundee play. So let's hear your thoughts on it. I will give you my thoughts on this, Simon. But that was a very salient reminder that Joel, the real deal, Joel Neal, earlier on got to speak with Omar Pasha. Always a pleasure to welcome back a friend of the show, Dundee Stars head coach Omar Pasha. Pasha, it's been a it's been a wintry, cold, dark day on this side of the Irish Sea. How's life on the east coast of Scotland today? Uh, similar. I don't think we uh, we had a bit of rain in the morning, but uh, 
bad bark outside now so i guess we're in the uk we all have pretty much the same weather <laughs> yeah it's, it's hockey weather season but uh, yeah. listen l- last time we spoke uh was obviously following the, the Giants 7-2 win over the stars in belfast uh fair to say that seemed like a bit of a tough night for you personally yeah. you know I, ca- I came to see you in the tunnel and, and it wasn't the the happy smiling patch i was used to but you know the, the next night what did you do you went back home and you beat the league's hot side the glasgow clan 3-2 uh this this past weekend you bounced back from a zero point weekend and took all four on offer with wins over Fife and Manchester. Would it be fair to say that the Dundee Stars this year maybe don't have the consistency right now, but they certainly have the character? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think every team goes through phases uh, when they try to, you know, obviously when they go through a down spell, and that's what we had, uh, you know, for we went one and nine, I think, in our last ten before the weekend, and you know, we, um, you know, from uh, you know goal reviews to our own play, I, I felt we uh, found ways to lose games. And, uh, you know, after that, uh, I guess that pumping we got against you guys, I thought after that we had a big win against Glasgow. And, uh, you know, we uh, I felt we played better uh, throughout that week, even though the results didn't show. We had, a, we had a good first two periods. Well, I thought we had a good road game against Nottingham. It's just uh, an unlucky bounce off the linesman right to their guy and made it to redo and that changed the game. And then after you know, the game, we went to Glasgow and, and a really good first opening period. And then the second period wasn't too good, but we were yeah. still in the game. And against Cardiff, you know, we outshot them. And on a different night, maybe we, we get the point. So it was a bit of a frustrating week after that. But, uh, you know, we had a good uh, good meetings. We changed a few things. And, uh, you know, we're off now to uh, last past weekend, four-point weekend. So hopefully that can uh, give us a bit of momentum now moving forward. And, and despite that 7-2 defeat, you've actually had the Giants number twice so far this season, and that's obviously a big part of the reason the Stars have topped Group A of the Challenge Cup. Um, Adam Keefe's side, meanwhile, are looking to bounce back from a goose egg in Nottingham this past weekend. How do you feel about your return to the SSC Arena on Saturday, and how do the boys feel? Are they up for it? Well, listen, you know, um, Belfast now, obviously, they had, they had the results they had this weekend, so we expect them to come out hard, especially at home, and Last time we played you guys, I thought, uh, you know, that first period, you guys came out really hard. Second period, you know, we were able to pull it back to see two, but after that, it's just felt they took over a bit the game. But, um, no, I mean, we played, uh, two, uh, two games at the start of the season in the Challenge Cup, which, uh, obviously helped us finish first in the, in the overall group stage. So, uh, you know, I think the guys are uh, are always excited to play in Belfast. I mean, uh, my my team even last year, we had guys, uh, you know, young guys go to the SSC, you know, big arena, you know, Saturday night. So it's going to be a, a good atmosphere, and it's always a fun place to play. And uh, hopefully, we can just mimic uh, the first two times we played you guys, though. <laughs> well, no comment on that part, but uh, I want to I wanted to zero in on on one player uh, from the last game. Uh, kind of made his mark. That was one Elgin Pierce. Uh, you obviously mentioned that three two goal in the second period, which he scored. He then got all up in the grill of Paul Swindlehurst and and finally dropped the gloves with Jean Dupuis. Uh, he strikes me and and he struck me on the night as a kind of Daryl Lloyd character. You know, a guy who fans will adore if he's wearing your jersey, but you'll absolutely hate him as an opponent. Uh, what's been your impression of Elgin? Pierce, the hockey player, so far this season, and, and if you don't mind, tell me a bit about Elgin Pierce, the man off ice. Oh, Pierce is a, a great, uh, great character guy. I think he uh, 
you know, off the ice with a human being, you know, if, you know, he values his, uh, you know, obviously his, uh, his body in a sense where he takes care of himself really, really well. He's an ultimate professional, uh, on the ice. I was in, you know, he's, he's had some really good success at times. And at times, I think, uh, you know, he'll probably be the first one to say he tries a bit too hard, but I think he's one of our key guys up front. Uh, he's got tremendous skill. He's got great character. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I think we're going to need guys like himself to, you know, kind of take over the lead on the, with the team. But, uh, I thought this weekend he worked extremely hard and, you know, we're just, we're just trying to find some combinations up front and it's important we get Piercy to, to play at his best every night. But, uh, no, character wise, I thought, uh, for a good, even when we were losing, there was a two, three week span where I felt he was our best player. And, you know, we, we just need him to be, uh, every week at his best, but, Again, so far he's impressed us. Uh, you know, not only with his skill set as a as a player, but most importantly as as how he competes on the ice and meeting guys like that. And I think he's good. He's an influential guy too. So when guys saw obviously that fight he got, um, you know, against you guys, seemed to almost wake up the guys and and realize that uh, oh wow, Piercy, you know, our, our top player, one of our top players, and we didn't score. You know, he's willing to, you know get in there and get dirty for us like we gotta you know it, it went it went a long way with our younger guys so you know he's a he's a guy that i think could be uh could be a great asset to, to our team and i think he would be one of the good players in the league he just has to keep it going and we just again as a team we just have to find ways to keep producing it or just a bit more offensively and uh obviously he's one of those guys that i expect to have a uh, you know the the, uh, the remainder of the season a, a go-to guy and I want to change gears just for, for one second. Uh, Belfast is gearing up for the Friendship Four NCAA tournament once again. Um, you obviously played college yourself at Castleton State. Uh, how do you look back on your time at college playing hockey and the lifestyle and everything that went with it? Were those good years for you, or is mixing kind of sport and study a real grind? Um, I think I think with the structure they have, I think they're – they're probably better organized than what we have back in the day. I think uh, nowadays, like, there is more, again, you know, you have obviously your hours to study and then you have your hours to practice and play. So I think the structure is good. I think it's important for every player, um, you know, to get something uh, while, you know, if they're playing university hockey, that means they have a degree. So they're, they're already thinking about their future, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. And if not, I mean, there's a lot of guys that I played with that, you know, they went the, the other route and, you know, they ended up being a firefighter or a police officer, yeah. you know, in different fields. So I think it's always important when you see guys like that playing college hockey, you know, it's a great experience. Obviously, you know, you're in college, you're going to class, you're playing hockey, um, you know, you, you're getting the university life as well, like the experience. I think that's a really important. I think they're very, very fortunate to come over to Belfast, a beautiful city, uh, beautiful arena and it's been a great success there friendship for so uh you know i wish we uh we would have had something like that but uh but no i'm sure uh, i'm sure every person that uh that did that the friendship for enjoyed their experience and i'm sure you guys i think sign a few guys that have done the friendship for so i guess it, it's good for all parties yeah, and I want to stay with university just for one second. Uh, we, we were talking just before I, I hit record tonight, and, and something I didn't really know too much about that you told me about, you're actually teaching at the moment at university over there, a sports management class. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, I um, started teaching uh, this year, so uh, 
you know, they approached me. Uh, we were talking the last few years because we we're trying to get a, an extra university program that um, to entice, uh, you know, a player to come on our master's program. And uh, I was speaking to the head person there, and uh, we were just throwing ideas. And, you know, it's, it was uh, something that I was always interested in and to kind of give back to our relationship with the university because they've been so good to us to give us a third spot. So I uh, kind of threw it out there if they were interested, and they were, and, you know, it's been a great experience so far. I had a few guest speakers from uh, Elliot Shaw that now is Glasgow Rangers and Neil Russell that's working obviously at Man City. And last week, uh, well, yesterday, essentially, we had uh, Pete Russell. So that was an entertainment and Kiefer knows him really well. So Pete mm-hmm. did a fantastic job uh, with us. We had a few giggles. We watched his uh, GB, uh, GB win um, over France and obviously the win over Hungary. So we saw... Uh, Pete's reaction after the win and obviously Kiefer's reaction. So I got a bit of a laugh out of that. So that was <laughs> and uh, how, how was uh, former View from the Bridge panelist Neil Russell? Uh, did he uh, whip the, the room into a coma or, or, or was he all right? So, you know, a uh, funny story. Uh, Pete, Pete is, is very well prepared. So Pete sent me a PowerPoint for the presentation, uh, everything to have it ready. And then, you know, I sent an email to both of them. I said, uh, you know, I just wanted to let Neil, because Neil didn't do a PowerPoint. He just spoke on the top of his head, which he did a great job, too, by the way. But uh, just basically saying thanks, Pete, for the preparation and the commitment to my class that I value. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, <laughs> and then Neil obviously read the PowerPoint, and he, he says, well, Pash, I would have done a PowerPoint better than this. And then he made, he made the grammar, mis- uh, he corrected the grammar mistake from Pete. So that was pretty funny. So he sent me an email. He said, don't tell anybody, Pash, that I took five minutes out of my busiest day as the, as the busiest man in premiership football to correct Pete Russell's oh, uh, PowerPoint God. for your class. So, no, it was, uh, it was funny. Neil did a great job. Uh, obviously, he's, you know, he started with me as a general manager at Manchester Storm. And now he's, a, he's in a great position with Man City. And, uh, you know, I had Pete Russell yesterday, that you know, obviously a GB international head coach. And that. Uh, yeah you know, uh, now in Freiburg in the DL too. So, uh, no, I was very fortunate to get those guys as a guest speaker because uh, my class is all, a lot about it, is, uh, leadership and, you know, managing people. And I think those two have uh, great qualities for that. <laughs> but it's hilarious. I'm not going to lie. Was, uh, <laughs> the, the, the conversations after, because, uh, you know, I had some questions myself about what they were saying after. So uh, not in front of the class, though. <laughs> I obviously love Neil the coach Russell very very dearly but uh, coach correcting people's grammar sometimes old habits die hard <laughs> listen we'll, we'll wrap this Pash I really appreciate your time tonight just just finally right. uh, when, when a young Omar Pasha was playing flip cup and beer pong at college did he ever see himself bridging into the coaching side and then the business side of the game was that ever the dream for you? You know, uh, when I was in I was in college, it was probably uh, I was always interested in working in sports, uh, whether it be hockey or something regarding sports on the management side or obviously the commercial side. So uh, the coaching, I just thought, um, you know, in my college years and helping out juniors when I would come back home, I always had that you know that passion for hockey. I always was a fanatic of of the game. So um, no, I and then obviously when I got the promotion in Hull, uh, being a coach, it was a great experience. And you know what? It, it grew me as an individual because I was doing all the budgets and everything for the players. And then obviously working with Neil, you know, he 
relied on me a lot to do the business side as well. Some of the things, uh, you know, through the budget and, you know, anything that I can help with. And uh, I just felt that coming into Dundee, it was a natural step to, to be the, become a general manager after all the experience I had with the uh, two other teams. So, no, I'm really privileged uh, that I'm in this spot right now as a general manager. And it's probably a position that I really, really appreciate. And obviously, I'm a very passionate person about the hockey itself. So, no, it's a good, uh, I guess it's a good uh Good, good thing that it happened. I didn't, but to say I was expecting that when I was uh, playing uh, video games in college, I probably <laughs> video games, and uh, that's probably the, you know, my my thing in, in uh, all our NHL tournaments we would do with the team and everything. I might stay in home, staying awake till five, six a.m. gaming. So I was, uh, <laughs> that was pretty, and throwing. I, I must have broke at least fifty to sixty controllers too, and. <laughs> Losing money gambling on four out of sevens out of four out of sevens. So yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I tried. I tried to pump your tires by saying flip cup and beer pong, and you tell me you were a secret gamer. <laughs> and thanks again to Joel, and especially to Pass for taking the time to talk to Joel today. Um, obviously a very busy man, but yes, Simon, look, the Dundee Stars. We've played them three times already this season. I was doing a lot of analysis earlier this week for uh, Steve Thornton and, and Adam Kiefer Garden how we have, you know, lined up against the, the, the Dundee Stars so far this season. And, you know, they've, they've had our number, let's be honest. We've, we've played them three times. We've lost twice against them. A couple of tight games. And we talked about, the, you know, I think your interview with, um, did you interview Curtis Leonard earlier? He yes. talked about it. He talked about, and I think I said the uh, same thing earlier in the show, opportunistic. You know, they trap, they sit deep, they use speed to come at you. They try, if, if their goaltender has a good night, you're in trouble because they they don't give up too many at their in their own rink. Um, Got to come to us this time. You know, I, I look at who's been good against them. Jordan Smotherman, eight points through those three games against them. We're going to need big games from them. I, I talked to the other guys on the, on the stat team. We have a little WhatsApp group, and they've been talking about different players that they would maybe be expecting more from. Jean Dupuis' name came up earlier. You know, could he be getting on the score sheet a little bit more? Brian Ward. Curtis Hamilton's been doing well, taking an awful lot of shots to get his goals. So, you know, but it'd be worse if he wasn't getting those shots. I think we talked that way about Patrick Ronka the other week, and then he, he's popped up with a goal that night. So I think you need to see a few of these boys at practice and tell them, give them the guarantee they're going to score this weekend. You know, it'll be difficult against the Dundee Stars. What about yourself? Yeah, look, Dundee play one way against us. They like five guys. Their blue line, when we hit the red, there's one. Um, you know, they just try and keep us on the outside. It's, it's not rocket science way pass sets the team up now, and uh, it's going to be tough. Um, you know, they play uh, they play one way. They want to penalise. You know, they, they put the pressure on us. Um, they want us to make mistakes, and when they make when we make the mistakes, they have done a pretty good job of punishing us this season. Um, we need to stay disciplined for the game itself. Um, I, I think it's important that we get the chances. Where sorry, when we get the chances on the with the extra man, is we, we really step up. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Dundee come against us, but um, I'm, I'm not expecting anything different than what I've seen this season. And then cliche, I know it as as it is, and we talk about oh, we'll focus on the first game before, but we have so we'll we'll save for the sake of argument. The first game's over. We go into Coventry. We played them home and home just last weekend. Um, I think in the game at the Odyssey, we were just a little percentage better in every area. I think our goal tandem was better. We were better on D. We transitioned better. We took our opportunities better and we deservedly came away with the points. I think the same extent on Sunday, 
there was there's just a little bit of a gap between the two teams at the minute. But Coventry is not an easy place to go, and they've got some really good results so far this season. They, they handed the clan their dinner on Sunday. Yeah, was it nine two? It finished up. Mm-hmm. So you know, the, the, I I said it last week. I thought that the uh, the, the Blaze were the best team I've seen this season. Yeah. Um, Bobby touched on the Panthers. He thought the Panthers were the best. It's the best thing about opinions. Um, uh, but I, I was I was impressed with Coventry last week. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be easy this weekend. And again, you've already covered the the aspect of of uh, we've got Dundee to or worry about first on Saturday evening. So it's uh, it's never easy to head. And it's, I'm not expecting anything different than what we're you know what we're uh, we're used to against the Coventry players this year already. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes because you know we certainly do need to pick up two wins this weekend. Well, we obviously will round that out with a really good luck to the boys home and away this weekend. Uh, as you say, four points would be absolutely massive for us at this stage. A little bit of a, a confidence booster again after picking up no points on the road last weekend. But says before we we, uh, we close out, have you any other business tonight? Uh, I don't think I do, David, to be honest. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing big Neil Russell. He's coming. Um, so he's coming to the game on Saturday. I was talking. Um, I know him and Paddy are talking at the minute because of uh, Liverpool <laughs> handed Man City their dinner on Sunday. But uh, uh, no, it'll be interesting um, this weekend at Salem. I'm looking forward to Dundee coming in again. And, and uh, But any of our business, Dave, I don't think I have anything, do you? To be fair, Neil Russell, Neil the Coach Russell, TV, Neil the Coach Russell was on our WhatsApp group from about last Thursday, citing the old uh, you know injuries um, about that game and saying that uh, you know it would be an easy win for Liverpool. So if if they did lose, he wouldn't be surprised. So uh, he's ever until he dies at the minute. So uh, <laughs> I've no, no other business apart from the get well soon, Joanna and Declan and, and Rosine. Hope everything's okay there. And that uh, we appreciate Paddy, even though he isn't able to come on tonight, doing all the stuff in the background to make sure this show goes out on Cool FM tomorrow morning. But if you can't get to the Odyssey on Saturday night, well, if you can't, says, what's the ticket line number? I don't know. Nine oh. No, it's not. It's changed. You're going to have... Right, well, well, Paddy, hopefully cut that out right then. <laughs> and if you can, go on, go on, go on, Ticketmaster. I'm sure you'll be able to get tickets. And uh, obviously, if you can't, you get yourself on to uh, Belfast Giants TV. Simon, who's going to be joining you this week? Um, as as of tonight, I'm just going to have to see who's available. I'm sort of loaded with a goal this week. So um, maybe Andrew Dixon might step in and give me the night off. But uh, I don't know if Andrew Dixon's playing, if he's backing up. No idea. So... You normally that's the side on Friday morning uh, when Adam tells me who's good to go and who's who gets the night off. And obviously, then we move into Coventry on Sunday. If you're not going to the Sky Dome yourself, you'll be able to join Ed Kimberley and what to call the other fellow on Coventry Blaze TV. Stu Coles, Stu Coles, and Ed Kimberley. Always really good crack. Uh, a good production from Coventry, and uh, that's it from us. Says we managed to muddle through there. So uh, wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey, and we'll, we'll catch you next time here on a view from the bridge. Podcast Network.